We're talking all about washing on fast days and washing for mourners, about washing in hot and cold. We came to this because the Mishnah mentioned that the second set of uh, three fast days that are there for, for, for public, uh, the Tanit that are more stringent, on these days, one is Asurin one may not wash. And the Mishnah adds that also uh, we lock the bathhouses to make sure that people will not be able to wash. And so regarding that, we are going to see uh, a statement by Rav and then two statements by Rav, two versions of Rav's statement, all about washing in hot or, or, and cold for on fast days, various fast days, and for a mourner. Rav Chista will teach two, uh, two things. Number one, that on fasting because of mourning, like Tisha B'Av, uh, when we are fasting for the destruction of Beit HaMikdash, one is not allowed to wash at all, not in hot and not in cold. And that applies to a mourner as well, all seven days, even when he's not fasting. And that is exactly what Rava, the second version of Rava says, no washing at all, even in cold for a mourner. Rav Chista adds another law that says, regarding other fasts that are not for mourning, just fasts that one cannot have pleasure, like what if one is fasting because of uh, a rain not coming or a tanit chalom. So in those, uh, one may not wash in hot, but it's okay to wash in cold. Um, now that, um, so that's, uh, so different types of fasts. Rava is going to say in the first version that a mourner actually may wash in cold. So Rava, therefore, you see, does not make a distinction between the different types, uh, the, 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 the regular uh, fasts and uh, the morning fast. And a mourner would all be the same. One may always wash in cold, according to the first version of Rava. Okay, so let's see Rav Chista's statement first. So any fast that's because of mourning, for example, Tisha Be'av, and a mourner himself, not wash at all, not hot, not cold. But any fast day, that's not about mourning for something that happened in the past, but rather because we're concerned about something like rain. So you're just not allowed to have pleasure, right? Everyone is suffering. It's not appropriate to have pleasure. Uh, in that case, uh, only washing in hot water is not allowed because that's pleasurable. But washing in cold water, that's okay because then you're just uh, getting clean. Okay, good. Okay, now we're going to see uh, a proof for B um, uh, from a case of bathhouses. And then we're going to say a proof for A from a mikveh. And once we're done with the attempted proofs, we're going to challenge A from two different sources. Okay, so we begin with a proof for B uh, that one can wash in cold, but not in hot on regular fast days. Um, proof from the Mishnah itself that said, we lock the bathhouses. And uh, so, so that, that's the proof. You lock the bathhouses. Now, bathhouses is where you have hot water, right? They heat it up and you have steam rooms and very pleasurable. So from the fact that they say you should lock the bathhouses, that means hot water is prohibited on all these regular fast days, but cold water doesn't say anything about that. And that's his proof. Abaye says, that's not a proof. What if, if it were, in fact, the case that you are uh, you cannot wash at all, then what, would, what else could it say? Would, would the Mishnah say you have to go and lock the, the rivers? 
um, it's impossible. You can't, they don't have the ability to do that. So they do what they can. They lock the bathhouses, but maybe in fact, uh, washing in cold is also not allowed. So I don't understand your proof. Um, all right, to come save the day of this proof is Rav Idi's son. I can support my father's proof from the Mishnah. This is what my father meant to say. The Mishnah already mentioned that you're not allowed to bathe. Why does it have to go and add yet another law that we also close the bathhouses? By specifying bathhouses, that does suggest, because it doesn't have to say anything at all, uh, that does suggest that specifically the type of bathing in the bathhouse, which is hot, that's what's not allowed, but for cold, it is allowed. Okay, anyway, that's the um, uh, attempted proof uh, number uh, number one for the second law. Now we're going to focus on the morning and the proof uh, that, yes, in fact, you're not allowed to wash at all, uh, when one is in mourning. Okay. Let's support of Chista. Kol chayavet tevilot tovlin kedarkan ben betisha be'av ben beyom kipurim. Okay, this is um, a surprising law because not what we do today. It says anyone who has to go to the mikveh, for example, uh, Nida, who uh, counted her days, and now it's time for her to go to the mikveh. Or anyone, Azav, or anybody whose time it is to become Tahor, they shouldn't wait to become Tahor. They should go to the mikveh right away, even on Tisha B'Av, even on Yom Kippur. Although in those days you can't, uh, you're not allowed to wash at all, but um, we, 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 we would wash and nevertheless. Okay, nowadays we don't do this because uh, we're, uh, you know, we're, we, we don't keep the laws of Tumah and Tahara. Um, and even uh, Nida, Nida has to go to the mikveh so she can be permitted to be with her husband, but not because uh, uh, one, we were going to the Bet HaMikdash or anything. So therefore, nowadays, the, our mikvaot are closed only two days a year, Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur. And in any case, marital relations are prohibited on those, on those days. So um, there's no, no loss. Um, and then they, they would just wait till the next night. Uh, but in, uh, in, in the olden times, they, uh, 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 anyone would go to the mikveh, Tisha B'Av and Kippur, if, that's, if that was the day, then, then when they were eligible to become Tahor. Now, Bemai, what kind of, what kind of, uh, what are we talking about? If you're talking about hot water, can you ever uh, dunk in hot water? I mean, the usual way of heating up water is you put water in a pot on the stove, and then as it gets hot, then you would pour it into the pool. But then that's Maim Shuvin, that's, um, uh, that's drawn water. And then a mikveh would not be permitted if it was, uh, if it had a drawn water in it. So therefore, a standard case, I mean, nowadays we can heat it up by putting a coil, a heating coil inside. You don't have to take it out. Um, so, but the standard mikvaot are cold. Ela la besonen, so it's talking about cold. And although this baraita said that one who, uh, who, who is, whose time it is to become tahor may go to the mikveh, but they're the exception. The general rule, anyone else is not allowed. And so you see, you're not allowed to wash, not even for cold. And it's talking about Tisha B'Av. So this is good. 
Um, this would seem to be a good proof for uh, a morning fast, and you're not allowed to wash even in cold, except if, uh, if someone is obligated. It's not necessarily, um, it could be this, but I might be talking about the hot springs of Tiberias, and those are naturally uh, warm from geo, geothermal heat. And maybe it's talking about that, and that's why it's um, it's allowed for someone who has a little obligation, but not allowed for anyone else. And maybe um, a fast day like Tisha B'Av, only hot water is not allowed, but maybe cold water would be allowed. And so uh, we reject your proof. No, we're going to try to reinsert, reinstate the proof. The continuation of the Brayta says, says, we should be in mourning over the destruction of the Bet HaMikdash, and it's worthy to be sad enough that we'll miss out on going to the Mikveh one, one day of the year. And so, in fact, he's saying that um, we should not go to the mikveh, even if it's your time, don't go to the, go, don't go to the mikveh on Tisha Be'av. Now, if you think that it's permitted to go in cold water, uh, then, then what would be the problem? There's no conflict. So just wash in cold water. So you see, this seems, this is a proof for Rav Chista, that on Tisha B'Av, one cannot wash at all. And that's why he says, okay, it's better, it's okay not to wash, uh, not to go to Big Bear one day and delay becoming ta- Tahor. Amara Papa, which uh, incidentally shows that uh, they were keeping the laws of Tuman Tahara even after the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed for quite, probably for quite a while. And we have archaeological proofs for that of uh, Mikvaot in many places. Okay, so he's still keeping Tuman Tahara, even though it's Bet HaMikdash, and so this is, uh, and he's saying, okay, it's okay not to do it. That means even in cold, it wouldn't be allowed. So it's not necessarily, maybe he's talking about some area where the cold water mikvot are not, a, not available, but only hot springs. And that's why he says, if you're in that area where only hot springs are around, then um, you should not do it. But maybe cold would be okay. Okay, it seems to be uh, really, really trying hard to disprove it, right? It actually looks like a pretty good proof for Rav Chista. Okay, good. And now that we finish with the proofs, we're going to have a challenge. Um, challenge number one from a law about washing limbs. There's one law about washing your whole body, but it's more lenient if one's washing only one's hands and, and uh, feet and face. So let's see that uh, this challenge now to Rav Chista, uh, to the morning, case of mourning. Okay, this is now a tangent, but a very interesting tangent, that when the Mishnah said you're not allowed to do work on, on, the, on a public fast day, that's only during the day. But at, at night, you can do work. Even though it's a 24-hour fast, so you can't eat, but you can do work at night. And not wearing leather shoes, that's only when you're in the city. But if you have to travel, I mean, it's basically impossible to travel, uh, walk a long time without shoes. So, that, you know, there's no prohibition against traveling. So you're allowed to wear the, your leather shoes while you're, while you're traveling on the road. And then when you get to the city, it's more about being seen in public. In that way, and also feeling uncomfortable, but you don't have to like, cut yourself while you're on the road. Um, so uh, on the road, it's okay. When you go out on the road, then you put on your shoes, and when you get to, into the city, then you take them off.
וכשאמרו אסור ברכיסה, לא אמרו אלא כל גופו, אבל פניו ידיו ורגליו מותר. See, it's a series of exceptions, and so I know it says you're not allowed to wash in the Mishnah, but that all is only about washing your whole body. But if one's washing only one's face, one's hands, and one's feet, that's okay. You can just wash up a little. Um, it's not, that's not so pleasurable. And then the last line is key, right? Because beforehand, it doesn't say what kind of fast it's talking about, just maybe just a regular fast for rain. But then it says, not only that, also someone who's excommunicated, that's the first time we see here, someone who's excommunicated uh, is like a mourner, has to, has to separate from everyone and um, where, you know, sit on the floor and all those things, and also um, cannot wash and, and avail and someone who's in mourning. Okay, so now let's, now we're gonna analyze it. My love, this last line of Vichen, seems to be referring to all of them, that it avail is also may, is allowed to do all these things. He's allowed to do work at night and it sounds like he's allowed to wash his face uh, and uh, limbs. Now, what kind of water is it talking about? If it's hot water, if you're talking about um, uh, uh, hot water, but then Rav Sheshat, uh, so would, would you be allowed to even wash your limbs? Rav Sheshat said, you're not allowed to even put your finger in hot water, uh, a mourner. Uh, when, 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 when one's in mourning. So it can't be talking about hot water. There's no permission for that. Rather, must be talking about cold water. And so here we go. Because according to this, this is a challenge because this says that cold water is permitted um, if, if, as long as you're washing your limbs. And that's true for an avail. So an avail is allowed to wash at least limbs in cold water. And that's a challenge to Dabchista, who said the mourner is not allowed to wash at all. Not even in cold water. So how are we going to answer that? La lolam bechamin. No, it's actually talking about hot water. And the question that you that you had here that a mourner can't have wash in cold and hot water at all, not even anything. Oh, that is not does not apply because this last line. That's only referring to the other two cases, uh, the cases of working at night and wearing shoes while on the road. But that this veil does not apply to the third case. So uh, someone who's doing a regular fast can wash his hands and feet, even in hot water. And uh, but a mourner, a mourner that may not wash at all, not even cold water. Okay, so difficult to uh, separate the first two and uh, uh, case and the third case. I mean, if really is only referring to the first two, then this line should have been between the second and third cases. So it is a bit difficult. Um, but this actually is an important halacha because, uh, in, in fact, the halacha now is that on minor fast days, one is allowed to wash even in hot water. All right, so we uh, deflected that um, challenge, and now we're going to get to a next challenge of from a case of someone who lost two of his sons. Tashema, Damar Rabbi Abba Kohen, Mishum Rabbi Yosef Kohen. Maaseh umetu benav shel Rabbi Yosef ben Rabbi Hanina. Rabbi Yosef lost his sons died. Verachas besonen kol shivan. He washed in cold water all seven days. And so what we see from here is that an, a mourner is allowed to wash in cold water because he did it. And that's a challenge to Rav Chista's uh, first law that a mourner and, and when fasting, the like, Antisha is not allowed 
to wash at all, not, not in cold, not in hot. How is he going to answer this one? That's different because he didn't lose his two sons on the same day, but rather one after the other, one a few days apart. And so therefore, if he would have to not wash for seven days, and then he went into mourning again and uh, during that time, and then not wash for 14 days in a row, that is too much. Uh, we don't require that. And so that's what that's an except is an exceptional case. And that's why he was allowed to bathe, but otherwise he wouldn't be allowed. And the proof for this is a braita that shows a various leniencies for someone who has to be in mourning. Uh, uh, one one right at uh, one period, one, right right after the other. Uh, so someone like that, if his hair is too becomes too long, he can he can cut it with a razor, uh, not with a scissor, just cut it in a bit of an unusual way, and he can wash his garments in water, just in water, but without detergent. So he doesn't have to be you know totally dirty. Uh, so, so too, we would, what would this we implies that we would allow him to wash in cold water. Uh, explained this that when you say with a razor, it means, yeah, with a razor, uh, that just makes it a little shorter, but it's not going to get so nicely groomed as it would with a scissor. And uh, with water, it means um, with uh, but, but with water only, but not with the uh, types of soap of uh, 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 that they had then netted and sand that they would use to get uh, stains out. All right, and so uh, with uh, with that, we completed both the two proofs and the two challenges uh, to Rav Chista. And now we're going to see Rava in the first version, and he disagrees with Rav Chista. First version of Ravah, he says a mourner is allowed to wash in cold. And we're going to challenge Ravah from a case of a mourning maiden. And then we're going to bring a proof from the loss of two sons, the same case we used to challenge Rav Chista A. We're going to use as a proof for Ravah. Okay, so let's see Ravah's opinion. A mourner is allowed to wash in cold. Right, that's okay. You're not allowed to enjoy yourself, but just to wash and cold, that's okay. For it's the same as eating meat and drinking wine. Um, when when someone uh, uh, first uh, before the burial, when someone someone's onen, that's the most acute uh, period of mourning, and that that at that point at that time, uh, one may not uh, eat meat or drink wine. But after the burial, one becomes avail, then oh, you're permitted to have meat and drink wine. So you see that some, um, some uh, types of enjoyment are permitted. And so he makes an equivalency, just like he's allowed to eat and drink whatever he wants. So too, uh, a mourner is allowed to wash in cold. Okay, now challenge number one. Okay, very interesting law in this baraita that says, um, a, uh, a, a bogeret, that means someone who's uh, 12 and a half or above, meaning in those days of marriageable age, and she is permitted, uh, she is not permitted to make herself uh, unattractive, um, even if she's mourning for her father. In other words, because she's of marriageable age and people are, lots of people are coming to, to visit uh, while while she's sitting, I'm sure, and they're going to see her. If she looks unattractive, then um, uh, people will not want to marry her. So even though she's in mourning, 
it's an exception. She's allowed to. Um, uh, she actually must. She's not allowed to make herself look unattractive, right? Um, okay, Hanada. Now we can infer from that that a younger woman, less than 12 and a half, uh, who is not yet a marriageable age, she is permitted to make herself disheveled because uh, no one's going out with her any, yet anyway. So no, it doesn't matter. Okay, now, my love, in what way are we talking about the person disheveling themselves or not? Is it not regarding washing? I mean, that's, that's if someone doesn't wash for many days and surely uh, they're not, not, not so attractive. If you're talking about hot water, now, would you say that a, uh, the older woman, uh, older, I mean, 13, um, is, is uh, not allowed to dishevel herself by not taking a hot, hot shower. Right, in other words, are you going to say that uh, someone who's 13 must take a hot shower so she can look good? That's impossible, because as we said before, um, uh, someone who's in mourning may not even put their finger in hot water. So there's no there's no scenario in which a, a mourner can uh, can wash in hot water. And rather must be talking about cold water. So a 13-year-old uh, maiden is allowed to wash, actually must wash in cold water so that she doesn't look so disheveled. Um, and that's a proof that it is uh, would be right. This is um, that this is a proof that one may wash in cold. No, it's not it, right. He says Ravas is you wash in cold. This is the proof the opposite way. Okay, so a maiden, thirteen-year-old, she can wash in cold, but that proves that naada, right? A naada desha, a naada, a twelve-year-old is permitted to dishevel herself, meaning she may not wash. May not wash means in cold, right? The only permission given to the 13-year-old was to wash in cold. That means the 12-year-old may not wash in cold. And this is a challenge to Ravah who said anyone can wash in cold, right? So, la akichul ufirkus. No, you misunderstood. This whole law was not talking about uh, washing is t- talking about uh, um, uh, 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 painting the eyes and dyeing one's hair. Uh, so co- cosmetic things. And so that's what a 13-year-old is uh, must do to look uh, presentable. And 12-year-old would not be allowed to do that. It has nothing to do with washing. And therefore, there's no proof or disproof here from the case of from about two uh, Rava. Okay, now, All right, now we have uh, a proof uh, for the for Rava from the same case that we mentioned before of the person who lost two sons. You see, this Rabbi Yosef, he washed all seven days. So there you go. Isn't that a proof for Dava that one may wash while one's in mourning? No, that's only because he was in mourning uh, twice, back to back. Uh, a few days for the first son, and then, and then the second son died a few days later. That was the only reason that would be allowed there. Otherwise, it would not be allowed. In other words, maybe it wouldn't be allowed. There's no proof from here. The Tanya, we quote the same but as before. If someone has mourning one after the other, so then one is allowed, uh, and his, his hair is too long, uh, then you can use a razor, or and you can wash your clothes in water. And Avchista explained that this means you can use a razor, but not 
make it all a nice uh, a nice haircut with scissors, and you could wash your clothing in water, but not uh, with neted and not with cholin. Also, we're adding another item here with be'ahal with an ice plant that also had a soda in it that would be used as detergent. So, um, um, but so you can't do that. You can't become your nice crisp and clean, but he can uh, be. He doesn't have to go fourteen days uh, being so disheveled. Okay, it's interesting that we kind of repeat this whole thing, although it's not exactly the same version because it does have this extra line. I think this um, reflects the oral uh, setting because uh, when you're when you're memorizing something orally, so then you know when you come to the same same point, so then you discontinue and you repeat the whole. Uh, you repeat the the tradition. Okay, Ika Damre. All right, so all that is the first version of Rava. But Ava said something, and we have a different version of what Ava said. That was the opposite. And he's, uh, the second version is going to say that a mourner may not wash at all, not even cold. That would agree with Avchistah's opinion also. And so before we brought a challenge from the more, case of the morning maiden, now we're going to quote the same thing as a proof that one may not wash at all. And so let's see. So according to this, one may, mourner may not wash in cold. And they were wondering, what, how is it different from eating meat and drinking wine? So he's right. A mourner is allowed to do those. And those are those are uh, uh, pleasurable things. So why wouldn't he be allowed to wash in cold also? And he says, says, there's a difference. Over there, to have some wine is helpful to relieve your anxiety. It's even, uh, we even encourage it. Uh, you know, this person's very depressed. Have a little wine, eat a little meat. Maybe it'll feel better. We don't want a person to go in, into depression and they stop eating and drinking. So that therefore, uh, the rabbis were very sensitive and said, yeah, that's permitted. But washing in cold, there's no reason for that. That's uh, too pleasurable and you should, you should feel the, the suffering. Okay. Lema misayale. Let's support this, state, this version of Rava. And Abogetra Shalinabel Asma. The Braita says that a 13, 12 and a half plus uh, uh, unmarried woman is not allowed to dishevel herself. Hanara um, Therefore, if she's only if she's less than twelve and a half, twelve and a half, she's only twelve, then she's permitted to dishevel herself. So, what are we talking about? Is it washing in cold? And you're going to tell me that a thirteen-year-old is not permitted to prevent herself from washing in 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 hot. Uh, in other words, she has to wash in hot to look presentable. We know that you're not allowed, not allowed to even touch hot water. Cold water. And so what you see here is that the 13-year-old um, must wash in cold water. The 12-year-old may not wash in cold water. And that is a proof for Rabbi's second version that a mourner may not wash in cold water at all. Isn't that a good proof? Not necessarily. Maybe when it's talking about that, um, that a 13-year-old uh, should not shovel herself, it means that she should put on makeup and dye her hair. That's what it's talking about, but it wasn't talking about washing at all. Uh, there we go. Okay, so now in conclusion, what, what's the bottom line? We can derive from here that someone who is in mourning uh, may, may not launder clothing 
all seven days, right? We made a little bit of an exception before uh, for someone who's uh, mourning uh, uh, twice in a row, but otherwise it would not be allowed. And halacha is that uh, someone who's in mourning may not wash one's in his entire body, not in hot or and not in cold all seven days. Um, and that that is uh, basically the halacha until today. But just to wash one's one's hair, one's face and and uh, extremities, that's okay if it's in cold, but not in but not for a hot. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, because I mean, if, if someone actually is dirty, they actually get you know mud on them or dirt, then that that they are allowed to to wash off, but it should be just with cold and only that part. Now, regarding anointing, no, that's not even you're not allowed to anoint at all. Not even just uh, one limb uh, is is prohibited. That's enjoyable unless it's to remove dirt. They would use oil to scrape off dirt um, and to, so that one doesn't smell. Uh, that would be permitted uh, if it's just part of the body and it's because of dirt, not because of enjoyment. And that is uh, the end of that whole section. Okay, and now we get to the next section, which is about saying the Barachav Anenu. Uh, now, for sure, if you have a communal fast, we already mentioned that the Shaliach Sibur will add in a, 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 another barach, added Barachav for Anenu. But what about an individual who's fasting, takes upon themselves a fast for, um, uh, they had a bad dream or something. Do they say Anenu as a separate baracha or not? Let's see, Salota de Tanita, when we have a, 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 a the prayers on the fast, um, how do we mention the fast? Yehuda once permitted Rav Yitzchak, his son, to give the public lecture. You know, he was uh, he was uh, studying, and he says, "Okay, you're ready. You go and give the big public lecture." And he said, he said, yes, even an individual who took upon himself a fast um, says the Anenu prayer. And where does he say it? Between the Berachot of Goel and Rofe. So which is where we, where the Chazan says it nowadays. Um, and he says uh, individual also would also say it at that point. Okay, now we're going to challenge this. Really, an individual can establish a beracha for himself, right? I decide, I say, I'm going to be fasting tomorrow, and now I can go and add a whole new beracha, and no one else is saying it, just me. He says, I disagree with that law. The individual adds it in Shomaya Tefillah. That's in fact what we do today, even on a public fast day, uh, during the Tefillat Lachash, when, when you're praying on your own, you add in Anenu during Shomaya Tefillah. Only the Chazan, for everyone, adds in the new Beracha. So that's what Rabbi Yitzchak would say, also on an individual fast, you don't add a new, you add a new, a new one. Agreed. So most uh, most of the Amoraim say you do not uh, individual does not add an, his own bracha. The Gemara is now going to challenge the views of Rabbi Rav Yitzchak and Rav Sheshat, who 
who said that an individual never says a separate berachav anenu. We're going to challenge it from the following beraita. The beraita says there's no difference between an individual and the community, except the individual says 18 blessings and the community says 19 blessings. Okay, we have to explain this 18 blessings, right? As you know, nowadays our Amidah is 19 blessings, is the standard. Uh, but uh, back then, it was 18 blessings. What do you mean back then? Well, either, either is two opinions. Either before they added the Laminim Velmashinim Baracha, it was 18 blessings. But that was added uh, pretty early on, right after destruction of Bet HaMikdash. So another possibility based on Tosefta and Yerushalmi is that um, the two blessings that we say of Bone et Semach David and Bone Yerushalayim were in were combined into one, so that even after they they said added laminim, they still had eighteen. Okay, that's uh, just fascinating about the development of the amida. But independent of that, let's talk. Let's call the standard. Uh, Amida all year round 18. And so the 19 is the one that we're adding, which is the Baracha of Anenu. And so this means that a Sibur says Anenu and not the Yachid. Um, uh, okay, this uh, so far seems to support uh, but we have to analyze this further and we're going to see it's actually a challenge. So we're going to say, my yachid or my sibur, what is it talking about? Uh, what's the difference between individual and public? If it means that uh, yachid means the individual praying versus the chazan praying, uh, then it shouldn't be 19, it should be 24. We have to explain this because we didn't see this Mishnah yet. In two dapim from now, we're going to see a Mishnah that says on the major public fast days, uh, the Chazan actually adds six more special brachot just for the fast day. So it goes from 18 to 24. So if you're talking about the Chazan, then that would be 24, not 19. Okay, so forget the Chazan here, which both are talking about an individual who's praying alone. So they're both talking about someone who's praying alone, but this person individual who takes upon himself a fast, one can take upon yourself, you can take upon yourself a fast that's a, 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 a typical which is like a minor fast. It's a shorter and not so stringent. Or someone can take upon himself the likes of a Ta'anit Sibur, a major fast that's 25 hours and has all more, more all the uh, restrictions. And so the individual can't actually, can't obligate the whole community to make a public fast. But the point is he accepts as if it's a public fast. And that is the difference between the two. So there's no difference between and difference is if I accept upon myself a minor, a regular minor fast, I only say 18 blessings, but if I accept upon myself like like a communal fast, then I would say 19 blessings. What do you see from here? That if I do accept upon myself a major type of communal fast, then I would say a bracha, a new bracha of anenu um, uh, on, uh, on that fast day. And so this is a support for the, uh, uh, for Rabbi Yitzchak here, who... Um, uh, th- th- this is obviously like the son of Rav Yehuda, who said uh, that uh, individual ca- does say his own bracha, and this is a challenge to Rav, this Rav Yitzchak and Rav Sheshat, who said, no, you always say it in Shomayat Tefillah. Um, so what are, how are they going to answer that? 
Now I'm going to go back to my original interpretation and the difference between an individual and a, and a public is talking about, in fact, the chazan. And now, and you had a question and you said that it says 24 uh, blessings. No, there may be a difference between each set of those public fasts. Not all public fasts are the same. Um, remember the first three uh, 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 major fasts that the uh, that the, that um, the public uh, uh, says those are in, in that case um, they would say only nineteen blessings only in the next set of public fasts that's when they would say twenty four and so that's that that's what it's talking about there's a distinction and this paraita here is when it says nineteen it's talking about the first set of public fasts when they only say nineteen berachot so okay is that is that right. Wait, Vela, and is that true? Veha and Ben Katane and Ben Shalosh Rishonot, Shalosh Emsayot, Ella, Shebeel Mutarin, Basiat Melacha, Elo Asurin, Basiat Melacha. We have another Braita that says there is no difference between those first, uh, that first set of three public fasts to the middle set of three public fasts. The one after that's going to be seven. Um, and the only difference between them is that. On the first three, you're allowed to do work, and on the next three, you're not allowed to do work. But regarding the prayers, it sounds like it's all the same. And therefore, uh, all the same means even on the first three fasts, you do say 24 blessings, and there, and therefore, we can't explain uh, this bright uh, up above that's talking about the 19 blessings, that's talking about a chazan, must be talking about an individual. And so, yes, there are some times when an individual says his own beracha. And so we reinstate the challenge. And now we answer, it says, no, tana vishiyer. I know when, I know it says en ben, there's only this difference, but maybe it omitted some differences. It's kind of, it's a way of, it's a rhetoric of emphasizing uh, that this important difference. There's no other difference except this. Um, but really there's other things that are, that are meant, that uh, it, it left out. My shiyer, the high shiyer. And now we ask a question, interesting, interesting questions. What else did it leave out? The assumption is, if you leave out many things, then I understand, right? You are emphasizing one. Um, but if you left out only one other thing, then it doesn't make sense, right? If Because it, it, it's easier just to say those two things that are different between them, right? If, you, if you're going to abbreviate something, when you put a word, et cetera, you wouldn't, you don't say, you don't leave out one word from the quote and then put et cetera, because, right, you may as well just write the word instead of et cetera. So therefore, in order for the answer for Tanat Vishiyer, that he omitted many things to make sense, it only works if he omitted many things. So what else? What are the many things? And furthermore, it does say there is no difference except, and maybe we should take that literally, not just as an exaggeration. Rather, it must be that this Tana was talking about prohibitions. And that's why I was saying in terms of prohibitions, there's no difference between the first three and the next three except doing work. But it was focusing just on that. And that, in fact, is the only difference in prohibitions. But it wasn't talking about prayer. Okay, in fact, there are other differences, but that's a, a separate matter. The point is that's not talking about prayer. And um, so regarding prayer, maybe there is a difference. And the first three, uh, the, you, the, they would say, he said only the Chazan would say 19. Uh, and then on the next uh, three, the Chazan would say 24. And that way we can account for that Braita without having to say that an individual does. 
say it. And you can even say that maybe, or another answer besides this is that, no, not leaving anything out, but maybe in the first set of three and the next set of three, the Chazan does not say 24. That's 19 for both of them. And that's another way of explaining that Braita above. Yachid and Sibur. Sibur means the Chazan. And the Chazan says 19 for the first three and the next three. Okay. Is that a good reading? Vela? Does the, does the Chazan really not say 24 um, uh, blessings in the first three and the next three? But, and only in the last seven? He does. Yet another Braita that says there's no difference between the middle three and the last seven major communal fasts, except that on the last seven, we blow shofar and we close all the stores. That means we imply that for everything else, they're equal. That means we are saying uh, 24, um, uh, 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 24 uh, blessings uh, during the middle three as well. Maybe you'll say over here also, it's not including all the exceptions. It just said it just included a couple of exceptions, but there's others that's leaving out. No, but how can you say that? It says, these are the only exceptions. How do you know you should take it uh, as an exaggeration? Maybe it means it literally. Wait, do you think that this phrase, that there's no difference between them except, is, is, is literal, that these are the only exceptions? There is another exception, and that is the ark. This is a very interesting halacha that the teva, uh, 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 the, the ark uh, where they keep the Torah, was brought from inside the Bet Knesset outside to the to, to the to the street to the to the public uh, uh, square, um, and this was a way of uh, number one having everyone come, even even people that don't usually come. There, everyone's out in the square, and also it's a way of uh, showing how degraded and embarrassed and shameful we feel that we we don't we don't even pray in the regular place, um, and it's a way also of. Um, uh, uh, bringing, if you can say so, uh, shame to the to the ark itself, to the where the Torah is, and the way of saying Hashem is also mourning there, and even the ark is mourning. Uh, so it's very powerful uh, a ritual to bring the ark out. But that's only done on the last seven, and left that, that uh, left that out in the previous one. And so. Uh, the Gemara says, no, no, if it's just about the Ark, that's not a real omission. Why? Because it might be only talking about matters that are done in private, not things that are done in public. So it's explaining all the differences that happened with happened within the Bet Knesset. Um, even though uh, usually private means in your house and public means when there's a lot of people around. But in this case, it's talking about, in, uh, indoors, talking about indoors versus outdoors. And so the ark is brought outdoors. That's a, a, that is a difference, but that's a totally separate type of difference. And uh, the only, it's only talking about differences that are occurring within. And he, that's why it's talking about here of do you blow shofar or not? So these are, this is talking about the, 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 the prayers and the shofar. And these are matters that happen in the Bet Knesset. And therefore we can uphold the, this, this response uh, that a, this, uh, this Baraita 
uh, was in fact, uh, could have mentioned other things. It wasn't mentioning everything that's different. And yes, in fact, maybe the middle three have only 19 berachot and the last seven have uh, 24 berachot. And uh, based on that, we can resolve the original question we had from this baraita that when it says Sibur, that is in fact talking about uh, the chazan that says it. But an individual, according to this, never says anenu uh, as a separate beracha. And now uh, Rav Yitzchak and Rav Shashat are vindicated. And we'll continue uh, more on this theme tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.